Welcome to Prompt Help Podcast. Here at Prompt Help, we're touching on all of the trends and topics relevant today in health and wellness. Each and every week, we chat with health experts in medical, holistic, and allied health and wellness so they may share their wisdom with you. We believe everyone's journey in health and wellness should be personalized for them as one size does not fit all. Make sure you check out PromptHealth.ca to see how we personally are combating some of the inefficiencies within the healthcare system. Without further ado, I'm Heidi and this journey to the healthier you can begin right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Prompt Help Podcast. We talk about all things health and wellness in this channel as we speak with all kinds of health practitioners who have unique specialties and specific services that can help us all in many different ways. Our today's topic is on breath work and how magical some specific breathing practices can be to train our mindset to build resilience and forge new pathways to healing to deal with all the stressors of this modern and sometimes chaotic life. We had the pleasure to speak with Campbell Will for today's episode. Campbell is a senior physiotherapist, Wim Hof Method instructor, and breathwork facilitator. He has a unique systems-based approach to health, understanding that nothing in the body works independently by focusing on the root cause of pain or dysfunction in place of the symptoms to allow for lasting change. He combines his passion for breathwork with knowledge of anatomy and physiology and have developed an education system to teach people how to optimize their respiration and how to use it as a tool for improved health and well-being. Now, without further ado, let's get started with Campbell here. Hello, I'm here with Campbell Will. Very nice to connect with you here. He's a physiotherapist um, and he works in a variety of settings from ICU to sports team and everything in between. And we are here to talk about uh, power of breath work. I'm going to let you introduce yourself and we'll get into it. Thank you. Well, I'm happy to be here. I'm always love to take the opportunity to share this really powerful tool that we all have that most of us don't use. Um, I find it very interesting that no one's ever taught how to breathe. I know it sounds funny because we're breathing all the time, but it's something that has such a powerful influence on the way we feel, the way we think, the actions we take. So it's been my sort of mission over the last couple of years to shed a little bit of light on how breathing can be used as a tool for all of these different things that we encounter in our day to day. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it is definitely used in so many different settings, whether we think about it or not, from our emotional, you know, um, regulation to sleep, recovery, everything. How did you get into it? Like, what do you want to give us a bit of a background in terms of what made you really like dive into it? Yeah, it's actually one of those like light bulb moments. And I can remember back to the exact sort of moment I was working in an ICU setting where my job was to really go in and breathe for the very unwell patients if they're on ventilators. Um, And I was seeing this gentleman where he was at the stage of being able to mobilize around the ward and I came in to take him for a short walk. And he looked at me with such 
sort of conviction in his eyes and he said, look, when you can't breathe, nothing else matters. And he literally struggled to breathe just laying in the bed. So the idea of getting up and taking 10 steps was like climbing a mountain because he didn't have breath. And that really just, the, the way that he phrased it, the way that he said it to me really sort of made me take a look at everything that's affected by your breath. And it, it's one of those things that it's not everything, but it does affect everything. And so that sort of opened the door for me to be interested in all things respiration. And I stumbled across a few different methodologies of breath work and started incorporating those into the way that I practice. And over the last couple of years, I often say it's the rabbit hole that never ends. <laughs> and it's such a deep rabbit hole of all of this new science and research, but to something that we've been doing or consciously manipulating for about 5,000 years. So it's this really ancient art that the modern scientific lens is looking at and saying, well, why does it do all these crazy things? And how is it affecting our nervous system, our physiology, our mindset? And so it's been really a, a journey um, of so many different sort of settings, because as you sort of mentioned, across all of those settings from ICU to sports teams, we're all breathing and we could be doing that well or we could be doing it poorly. And that's going to affect how we do those things. Absolutely. So let's talk about the science of it. Um, tell us about influence of breath on our nervous system and autonomic nervous system and why is it important? Yes. Yeah, so I always like to, we often hear about our fight and flight response, our autonomic nervous system, and this sort of evolutionary, the way it evolved evolutionarily was when we were at a time where we had to deal with very stressful things. And so we all often hear of the story of the tiger coming out of the bushes and the sympathetic nervous system turns on and we get flooded with adrenaline. But when was the last time a tiger came out of the bushes at you? It didn't. It hasn't happened in our modern world. But our nervous system hasn't really adapted to the modern world. It still has that generic stress response. So when I open up an email and I feel like, oh, there's a deadline or I have a difficult conversation, this is my sympathetic nervous system. This is the stress response. And not many people are taught how to regulate or to what I call de-escalate the stress response. So it's like there's all of these little tigers lurking in emails and deadlines and practices that sort of cause that stress response. And if I don't have the tools to bring myself back into a state of balance to restore that parasympathetic state, then a lot of processes in the body don't occur. We don't digest food as well. We don't deal with inflammation. We don't take care of cellular repair because if my body's in that sympathetic nervous system, it is focusing on the now. It is focusing on survival. So inflammation and digestion and cellular repair that's going to keep me alive long-term doesn't matter. It gets pushed to the bottom of the pile so I can deal with what's threatening me right now. But it's not really a threat. It's an email or it's a conversation. So understanding how your nervous system works is really powerful because when you can recognize I feel stressed or I'm in the sympathetic nervous system, what can I do to get myself back into the parasympathetic state? Well, the fastest and most effective way is the way that you're breathing. So it's as if our breath tells the nervous system, what state should I be in? Okay, if I'm breathing 20 breaths a minute in and out of my mouth, high in my chest, then the correct physiological and emotional response to that is stress and anxiety. That's what you're meant to feel. Mm -hmm. But if you haven't noticed that it's your breathing causing that, then I'm going to blame that stress and anxiety on my job or the environment that I'm in. Whereas if I can slow that breath down, perhaps take a bit more time on the exhale, stimulate that parasympathetic state, I'm going to feel calm. There's no two ways about it. 
And so I actually have a sort of lever that I can toggle between that sympathetic and parasympathetic state. But if I don't know that those two states exist, I'm going to blame everything I feel on my environment and my situation. So we actually have so much more control over those autonomic processes via our breath. I explain it as the nervous system is the operating system of the body and the breath is the remote control of the nervous system. So I can choose whether I want to be in that heightened state or that relaxed state. Do I need to deal with something today? And, and it's not that the sympathetic nervous system is bad. It's context dependent. You've got to go and do a presentation. You want the sympathetic nervous system to kick in. Okay. But when you get home or when you finish that task, you need to be able to bring yourself back into that parasympathetic state so those processes of repair can occur. So it's the easiest and most instrumental way that we can take a little bit more control over that autonomic function of the body. I love the analogy you used with the, with the tigers. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Um, so why is, why is um, carbon dioxide so important in our body? So this is the I, I, this is the sort of area that I'm really passionate about at the moment because there's a lot of misconception and if we don't understand our own physiology or our biochemistry, then we give the wrong advice. Like how many times have we been told when we're feeling stressed to take a deep breath, and what we're doing is actually breathing out a lot of the carbon dioxide, and this makes our physiology a little bit more sensitive. Right, we are at a time where the normal breathing rate is sort of 12 to 18 breaths a minute and if you look at any of the sort of yogic texts or the east chinese medicine they're talking about sort of six to ten breaths being optimal the difference between that not only one for your nervous system but two for your physiology if i'm continually breathing out all of the carbon dioxide what i'm actually doing is making it harder for my body to use oxygen there's a very interesting relationship that we have to have the presence of carbon dioxide to actually let the oxygen off the hemoglobin and into the body. If I'm continually breathing out all of the carbon dioxide because I breathe quickly or shallow or I hold my breath, then I actually sort of tighten the bond between oxygen and hemoglobin. And that's not a good place for the oxygen to be stuck. We don't want it stuck to the red blood cell. We want it jumping off the red blood cell and getting into our body to produce energy. So Almost, I'd say a huge percentage of patients that I encounter have this carbon dioxide sensitivity. And it's not a diagnosable thing because it's very unique to each individual person. But it sort of tells us that if I'm very sensitive to carbon dioxide, I'm going to be more reactive. I'm going to be a little bit more sort of my ability to tolerate stress, whether that's physiological stress or emotional or physical or psychological is going to be impaired because my body has this, a little bit of a warped relationship with this stress molecule that is carbon dioxide. So I think it's one of the easiest ways people can enhance their own biochemistry is becoming a bit more tolerant to carbon dioxide. And there's many practices you can do to do that, but the more resilient you can be with that physiological stress, the more adaptive you are to all of the other forms of stress that we encounter day to day. I love it. I love talking to someone like you with a physiotherapy background and the science background to really explain the science behind it, because it's really important for everyone to understand when you say breathe or, you know, <laughs> don't hold your breath or even whatever. What's the reason behind all of that? So, so we know it's important. Where do you start? I always say, and this is, I mean, this is true of any skill, but the first place to start is awareness. 
Okay, so many people, and this is just human nature, we like to run before we can walk. We want to know what's the best practice. What can I do to fix this? But if we don't actually take the time to observe our own natural responses and the way that we're breathing throughout the day, when we're stressed versus relaxed, then what good is a tool if I don't know when to apply it? So I always start, anyone I work with, I start the first week or two, I really just want people to pay attention, okay? Become aware of your breathing. It's this thing that tells you exactly what's happening to your body, right? Your breath is reflective of your internal state. If your breath's a bit chaotic and it's not smooth, it's shallow, then how do you think your mind is going to be? How do you think your physiology is going to be responding to that? And again, if I just sort of throw a blanket over my sensations and symptoms and say, this is the right practice, I'm losing that ability to communicate with this internal mechanism. Right? The more aware you are of your breath, the more aware you become of your emotional state changing, your energy levels, your stress levels, your resilience. So I really like people to spend a bit of time and just notice how you breathe. Right? Can you hear it? Is there a sound? There shouldn't be. Okay, You shouldn't be able to hear yourself breathing. If you are, you're breathing too deeply. Right? Is there movement? If your shoulders are going up and down with every breath, that's perhaps not optimal. Right? Am I, is my chest moving or my belly moving? Am I breathing through my nose or my mouth? Is it shallow? Is it deep? Is it fast? Is it slow? All of these different nuances to the breath start to help us develop this relationship of understanding. And over time, you start to sort of trust the breath. When you feel your breath rises up into your chest and it becomes a bit faster, well, what's happening in your environment? What is making your breathing change to create that feeling of stress or anxiety? That's a really wonderful window into our autonomic nervous system, okay, that many of us don't pay any attention to. So awareness is the first step. Notice how you breathe. Just throughout the day, set a reminder, take 30 seconds and just observe. Try not to change it. But the three points I often ask people to start with is, do I breathe through my nose or my mouth? Right? If I catch myself breathing through the mouth, I close it. I bring it back to the nose. Do I breathe through my chest or my belly? And if my chest is rising and falling, can I perhaps direct that breath down into my belly? Breathing with the diaphragm really helps that parasympathetic state. And thirdly, am I breathing fast or slow? We always have the opportunity to slow down, even if it's just for one breath. I encourage people to take that one really slow breath, enjoy it, savor it, and then get on with whatever it is that you're doing, right? You're gonna take 25,000 breaths today. You can't be aware of every single one. So it's about taking that opportunity to notice, fix perhaps what needs to be fixed, and then move on until the next time you think, oh, I should check my breathing again today. But it's really interesting. If you look at sort of the numbers, it's kind of scary. How many times do we check our phone every hour or every day is pretty astronomical. Yeah. And then I pose that people question to people, well, how many times did you check your breath today? And the answer quite often is zero. So I, I challenge people that, Every time you check your phone for messages or notifications, why don't you also check your breath? Right? It doesn't require any equipment. It doesn't really require you to do anything special except pay attention. The mm -hmm. more times we pay attention, it's as if we create this little neurological groove that automatic becomes optimal. The more times that we come back to that and introduce that perhaps more optimal pattern, my nervous system and my brain are going to notice that. And so instead of trying to breathe properly all of the time, mm -hmm. I make those little adjustments every time that I notice. And my brain takes note of that. It automates that process. And before long, we have that automatic is optimal. And I'm breathing through my nose with my diaphragm and nice and slowly.
great reminder the whole time you're you're speaking i'm thinking um, do i breathe with my nose or with my mouth <laughs> and and i hear it affects your sleep right like it it has a huge effect on your sleep um so at what point do you uh, start working with a client with breath work so let's say i'm a client and what type of a client would you see for um for that type of practice is it people with uh, stress anxiety or you know fatigue or what type of clients would you typically it's it's really interesting and, and this is part of a program i've put together at the moment is that we all have different symptoms if you will right so someone that might suffer from anxiety can be stemming from the same problem that the next person has insomnia or has fibromyalgia or chronic pain so I'm trying to steer away from focusing on the symptoms or the problem of let's address your anxiety. What I like to do is address, well, where's the imbalance? Is it from your nervous system? Is it your emotional regulation? Because the symptom is your symptom. It's unique to you. And the next person might have a different symptom. And I think we get a little bit trapped in the sort of modern medical paradigm of managing the symptoms instead of addressing the imbalance. And, but what I do see a lot of where I see this huge effect is stress and anxiety. Because again, the physiological response of your breath is emotion and is sensation. If I'm breathing really rapidly, I'm meant to feel anxious. But again, if I don't have that awareness of my breathing triggering or causing some of those sensations, I'm gonna look for all of these reasons that I'm anxious. And if I don't look just under my nose, then I'm probably gonna miss the most obvious thing. And it's really amazing how quickly the effect can be of someone that perhaps has generalized anxiety that when we start to regulate breathing, the effect that it has almost instantaneously, like I've had people in a first session be like, oh, mm -hmm. I haven't felt like this in weeks or months because I haven't slowed down my breath. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. My breathing is still stimulating this level of anxiety. Mm -hmm. So the, the most common things I see are stress, anxiety, and sleep. And I think that's just true of the current paradigm where we are at the moment. People are stressed, anxious, and have poor sleeping habits. And all of those things can be sort of leave it a little bit by improving the breath, improving your biochemistry, improving your biomechanics. Breathing has that flow on effect to all of these different sort of outcomes in the body. Amazing. You know, what I love about these conversations is I meet all these amazing individuals and everybody have a niche practice or a certain thing that you know, I, I learn about, which is so interesting. And thank you for sharing that with us. So if you could leave um, everyone with a tip, um, what would that be? Probably the easiest tip with the most bang for your buck is nasal breathing. We are at a time where mouth breathing is becoming quite habitual. And again, if we think about what that does, it's not just simply I'm breathing in and out of my mouth. Breath is so much more complex than the delivery of air. It's breathing through the mouth stimulates that sympathetic nervous system. It negates the filtration that we have through the nose. So our nose has these turbines and this filtration, these cilia, the first line of our immune defense is in our nostrils. When we don't use the nose, we bypass that whole system. So nasal breathing gives us about 18% more oxygen because I'm maintaining the levels of carbon dioxide. It helps me activate my diaphragm due to the resistance of the air. It filters the air, it humidifies it, it warms it. But so many of us, whether it be an unconscious mechanism where I don't even notice that I'm breathing through my mouth, 
or I've become quite sensitive to carbon dioxide, so I have to breathe through my mouth because the slowness of the stream of air is uncomfortable for me. If you try and breathe through your nose and it's uncomfortable, then I guarantee that you're a little bit sensitive to carbon dioxide. And what else is that affecting? Is that your sleep? Is that your digestion? Is that your stress management? I can guarantee that that is a piece of the puzzle that unless we address that biochemical process, then the other effects are gonna be quite limited. So 95 to 99% of the time, we should be breathing completely in and out through the nose. We shouldn't be able to hear it. We shouldn't really be able to feel it. It should be soft and subtle, okay? I always like to think of, make your breath a secret. Mm -hmm. the, the next, the person next to you shouldn't be able to know that you're breathing. They shouldn't be able to see your shoulders going up and down. <laughs> they hear the movement of air. There's this sort of obvious thing. Yeah. So just think about turning down the volume a little bit, make my breath softer, slower, a bit more subtle, a bit more controlled and make sure it's all through the nose. I've seen people's sort of performance and recovery and sleep get better just from that of just noticing, Oh, I habitually breathe through my mouth and I'm going to fix that that's going to affect my chemistry, my nervous system regulation, all of these other things. I love that. I, I definitely learned a lot and I'm sure everybody who are listening uh, feel the same way. Where can people learn more about you and uh, what you offer? Yeah, I'm, I'm most active on Instagram at Breath Body Therapy. Uh, my website's the same, Facebook the same. Um, and YouTube the same. But as I said, I'd, I'd encourage people to take that first step of awareness and notice, right? Maybe you might learn a couple of things about the way that you respond to stressful environments, situations, your ability to relax and go to sleep. But if anyone wants to dive a little bit deeper, I encourage them to reach out. And even if they've just got a question, I'm, I'm very passionate about this. So if anyone just sort of says, well, this is my specific yeah. situation, what should I do? I encourage you just to send me a message. Awesome. I could, I could totally hear, you know, that the passion, the way you were talking about it. And I really enjoyed speaking with you. So thanks for connecting and uh, looking forward to hopefully more collaboration in future. Thank you so I much. Look, look forward to it. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye thanks, now. Amy. Have a great day. You too. You've been listening to the Prompt Health Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube, and check us out on our website, prompthealth.ca. Subscribe for free to keep listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen from. Ratings and reviews would mean the absolute world to us. And tell your friends, Prompt Health is the next big thing. Find similar episodes every Sunday. Until next time.